Welcome to our 14th Movie Muse Film Club. For this show, we'll be looking at the 2005 neo-noir thriller, Brick. Brendan? Emily? I really screwed up. Screwed up how? The brick. What? I, I didn't know it was bad, but the pin's on it now. You gotta help me. Slow down now. This isn't good? No. Emily said words I didn't know. Tell me if they catch. Brick? No. Tug? Tug might be a drink, like milk and vodka. Pin? You know the kingpin. Dope runner, right? Big time. What are you gonna do? She asked for my help. I just want to know she's okay. So what's first? I'm gonna start shaking things up. Brick was the directorial debut of Ryan Johnson, the writer and director of the upcoming eighth Star Wars saga movie, The Last Jedi. Johnson's other films include the caper comedy The Brothers Bloom and time travel sci-fi mindbender Looper. He has also notably directed three episodes of AMC's Breaking Bad series, including the celebrated episode The Fly. Brick tells the story of Brendan Fry, who, after receiving a frantic phone call from his ex-girlfriend, this teenage loner learns that her dead body has been found. Vowing to solve the murder himself, he has to infiltrate high school cliques that he previously avoided as his search for the truth brings him before some of the school's roughest characters, leading to a confrontation with a mysterious drug dealer known only as The Pin. Now, on paper, it sounds terrible to take a traditional 1940s hard-boiled noir and replace all the hoods and moles with present-day overprivileged high school students, keeping all of the style of a pulp detective story but replacing the world-weary private dick with a loner student and moving it from a sleazy speakeasy to a high school campus. And in some ways, it works incredibly well, but there are places where the real-world situations and classic dialogue jar. But as an experiment in the art of transposing classic themes, Brick's a definite success. And I'm personally a huge fan of the many noir subgenres, but your enjoyment may well be decided by how annoying you find the myriad of whiny American teens. If the leads had been Bogart and someone like Joan Fontaine and the location had been the Cotton Club rather than San Clemente High School, then the film would work equally as well. And it's testament to a talented writer and director. But I do worry that Johnson's heavy reliance on styling could cause big problems when he's working on franchises like Star Wars. Brick's an odd film, and a film that I think a lot of people will dislike, but I think if you are a fan of the genre and you can accept the transposition of timelines, then you can get a lot out of it, and I really enjoyed the film. So let's see what the other guys thought. Matt? I'm actually quite a big fan of the other stuff I've seen by Ryan Johnson. I enjoyed all the Breaking Bad episodes he was involved with, and I really enjoyed Looper as well. So I was reasonably confident I'd enjoy this film. I sat down to watch it one Friday night about 9 o'clock, and after 15 minutes or so, I was dozing off, and I thought to myself, I'm obviously just tired, so I'll watch something else, and I'll watch Brick another day. So I did, I watched it on the Sunday at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and after 15 minutes, I started to fall asleep again. It's one of the most tediously boring films I've ever seen. Endless dialogue with very little happening, and a bunch of characters I did not care about one jot. I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character Brendan was awful. I think he actually acted it quite well, but the character was neither likeable or believable. That this nerdy kid could have infiltrated any kind of criminal gang is just a joke, really. And there's a particular bit of dialogue early on, and I just laughed out loud at it. He's basically saying something along the lines of, I'm going to get visible for a while and go underground or something like that, which made no sense whatsoever. And I guess the problem is I've never really watched a lot of noir films, and I guess this dialogue's just taken straight from the sort of things they'd say in those films. But this sort of nerdy, bespectacled high school kid saying those lines, he just lost any credibility right from that moment for me. 
to be fair, it seemed to be pretty well made cinematography wise. And it reminded me in a number of ways of Twin Peaks, which I'm a big fan of story wise in that it's trying to solve the murder of a high school teenager. And visually also, it certainly had some similarities to David Lynch's famous TV show. But that just didn't help it at all for me. And I think the major difference was characters because Twin Peaks, virtually every character is interesting and likeable in some way. And in this, none of them were. They were, as you mentioned, a bunch of whiny kids or people that just had nothing going for them at all. There was no one to root for, no one to get engaged with. They were just all horrible. I also thought the music was really bad. It was kind of weird jazz that didn't seem to fit the mood of the film at all. But again, I guess that's just because it's supposed to be a 1940s style noir film. And I guess I just didn't get my head around that concept. And because I'm not into noir films, I wasn't into this film. And that's pretty much all I've got to say about it. It made me fall asleep twice. Yeah, I can accept if you're not a fan of that style of film or you haven't watched many of them, the dialogue could easily come across really badly. It didn't to me because I could see 1940s gangsters saying those lines rather than this high school kid. But I can't disagree more with you about Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. As you've already said, he played the character really well, but I found him absolutely likeable and really enjoyed not only his performance, but the character himself. I think you're quite right. There weren't very many others that were likeable in the film, but quite different opinions there. What about you, Simon? Where do you sit on this? I don't mind, but it helps that I was just intrigued by the story. I'm not a big noir fan either, not much a lot of them, but I was intrigued by the story at the start and just the fact that he discovered her and then I just immediately wanted to know how this happened. I wasn't sure at the start where it was all going to go and what would happen next, so it had a certain companionness just to keep watching it. It turned out a bit predictable, but it was interesting and intriguing enough to persevere with it. Characters were a bit one-dimensional, but the evil undercurrent added a bit of an edge to it for me. It never really developed as much as I'd hope it would, but there were a few surprising twists and nothing over-surprising, but there was a few little bits and pieces that I didn't expect. But it was a good enough film. As you say, it was quite well made. I thought Brendan's character was good. I liked him as, sort of, as you say, the detective or private investigator or whatever, that kind of character. But overall, I enjoyed it enough that I could see where people wouldn't like it as much as I did. Okay, thank you for that. What we'll do now, let's just break it down a little bit then and let's see what our favourite bits of the film were. So we'll start off with favourite character. Matt, you weren't impressed and as far as I'm aware, the most likeable character you didn't like. So did you have any favourite characters in the film at all? No, I had no favourite characters. (laughs) That was the problem with the film and it made me realise a lot actually, in fairness, about what I do and don't like about films. I think a bad film with good characters can be enjoyable but a well-made film with crap characters, I just can't enjoy. I think that's what it made me realise about films, so that was interesting. I actually didn't realise that two of the characters were even different characters until they eventually both ended up in the same scene towards the end, so that's how little impact the characters had on me. Okay. Simon, what about you? Any favourite characters? Yeah, I was a little bit like Matt. At first I thought it was the same guy, but then I realised they were different. I quite like the guy Tugger. I know he was like this crazy bastard, but he was not saying much throughout most of the film until three, two thirds of the way through. In fact, he talks with his fist and eventually, but he is with Benjamin and he infiltrates the gang. And then after their auspicious start, makes it more interesting and complex than he first comes across. So yeah, I think just for the way he talked with his fist and was very quiet most of the time, he didn't know what to expect. That Tugger was the most interesting one for me. Well, there are only a few characters in the film that would even come close to being a favourite for me. And as you've already mentioned, Simon, Noah Fleiss's tug grows on you throughout the film. And by the end, you, you kind of understand who he is and why he is who he is. But also Nora Zetner, who plays Laura, 
Um, she was pretty good, especially in the last third of the film, because she's the one that you don't think is the femme fatale until the last third of the film where her true colours come out. But for me, the whole film belongs to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he's superb, and Ryan Johnson must agree, because he's appeared in every single film that Ryan Johnson has produced so far. So don't be surprised if he pops up in The Last Jedi at some point. Let's move on then and talk about our favourite scenes. Matt, I'm going to come to you first, just in case you're going to say no again. Well, I was going to say my favourite scene was the end credits, <laughs> but I thought that was a bit too harsh. It's actually probably the scene where Brendan is repeatedly antagonising Tug in the car park. I want to see the pin. And Tug keeps getting out of the car and giving him a whack in the face or whatever, and it ends up with him almost running him down in the car. And in some ways, I wish he had, because it might have made the film end more quickly, but it was a tense moment, to be fair, and the way he just kind of swerved out of the way in the last second was well done, and it was definitely well shot and probably the most interesting scene in the whole film for me. see the pin. Yes, you do. Okay, Simon? Not many memorable scenes, but I did like the bit where Brendan humiliates Brad in the car park and then gives as good as he gets him in the serial punch-up, because you don't expect that. You expect this big guy to, to smack the hell out of him, and he gives him such a smack and lays him out, and then it sort of kicks off from there. It's just, I quite like the idea of that. This big spectacle sort of spotty type thing. Next minute, he's laid out the popular and big chap who's been antagonising, so I quite like that idea. That was almost my choice as well, Simon, the parking lot fight scene. It's Brendan's wise talking that gets me in that, you know, the comments that he's saying to them, and I can't remember a single one of them now, but every response to the quarterback is, you know, either takes the piss or cuts him down, and, and I think that's fantastic. But then it's also his wild fighting style. He almost jumps into every punch that he does. I thought that was a really good scene. But the best scene for me is the chase sequence. And it's where Brendan's being chased on foot through a deserted shopping precinct. And all you can hear is the click-clop of his fast-moving feet. And then the thud-thud of these heavy boots following after him. And you wonder what he's going to do to escape as this chase goes on and on. And then he quickly dives round a corner, slips off his shoes so the thud can't hear him. And then silently hides by the wall and with perfect timing, throws his leg out just in time for the thug to trip over it, causing him to fly into a post, and then there's this comedic-sounding bell chime as he crashes his head against the post. 
I thought that was a fantastic use of sound in that sequence. And it was sequences like that and like the scene that Matt talked about earlier with the fight with Tug. It's things like that that make me realise what a good director Ryan Johnson is. Whether he can translate that to Star Wars is a big worry for me because I do think he's potentially a set piece and style over substance kind of director. So I am a little bit worried about Star Wars after watching a few more of his films. But that scene I thought was fantastic. Right, we'll wrap up uh, highlights of the film by talking about our favourite line. So, Simon, have you got a favourite line from the film? Yeah, it's the bit when he goes to see the down and outs and he goes to talk to the guy that Matt thought was the same guy as Pin. He has to go and ask him about Laura. And then he smacks him and then he turns around to watch him bums and goes, throw one at me if you want, hashhead. I got all five senses and I slept last night. That puts me six up on the lot of you. And they go, yeah, no, no trouble, man. Okay, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Matt, did you pick up anything worthwhile in the dialogue? Yes, there was literally only one funny line I can remember in the whole film, although I did like that one in retrospect. I've forgotten about that one. But shortly after the scene I picked as my favourite, where Brendan finally convinces Tug to take him to the boss man, there's a line spoken by Joseph Gordon-Levitt when he meets the pin, which is something like, I could just sit here and bleed at you, or words to that effect, which did make me chuckle. That was before I'd completely lost the will to live with the film, to be honest. So that was my favourite line. Okay, that's good. At least we've all come up with different choices for everything. I really like one of the lines that one of the many femme fatales, she's just about to seduce Brendan and he shuts her down with a really simple, put that body to bed, which I think is a fantastic line. But that's not my favourite line from the film. My favourite is when he's in Vice Principal's office and they're trying to get Brendan to spill what he knows. And they say to him that he's helped them before and Brendan's response, and it's a classic noir cutting style, is... No, I gave you jam to see him eaten, not to see you fed. I thought that was a really, really good line. But there were a lot of good lines as far as I'm concerned because it was that classic noir kind of style film. Johnson has said that when he wrote it, he'd been reading a lot of Dashiell Hammett, who wrote lots of those kind of noir thrillers, and it clearly can be seen. So all that was left then is to give our scores. I'm going to go with you, Matt, first, so we can get the worst out of the way. Thank you. I'm going for two stars. But just want to say that this doesn't make me think that Star Wars is in jeopardy because this is his earliest film and since then I've liked everything he's done that I've seen. So I'm not worried about Star Wars at all. I think it's in safe hands and I'm hoping for something a little bit out of the ordinary because that's what this guy seems to be capable of. And I think that's fair because this is a genre film and that's far from this genre. I'm not worried because of this film. I'm more worried on the body of his work that his style gets in the way sometimes. So I wouldn't say I think it's in jeopardy, but I also wouldn't say that I'm completely confident in his ability to produce a Star Wars film. Having said that, I really enjoyed Brick. I think it's ever so slightly too long and there's probably two or three too many characters that I didn't like. Maybe they needed more than just Brendan and his mate as the good guys, just to make it more of a warm film. So I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Simon? Yeah, I agree. I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was intriguing. The story when it was going through and they wanted to find out what happened at the end. There was some good scenes and a few throwaway lines in it. And it was the noir style, which obviously suits it. So I'll give it three and a half stars as well. Okay, so that gives Brick a average score of three, which puts it joint seventh on our film club leaderboard, joint with Secret of Kells. 
Final point then, Simon. What do you think of the director of Brick directing Star Wars? Does that worry you or do you think it's no, a good choice? That doesn't worry me in the slightest. I quite enjoyed Brick. I think he would treat Star Wars franchise a lot differently. So I'm not a little bit worried about it at all. So he obviously knows what he's got to please. The audience is not there. So I don't think he'd tinker too much with it. He won't turn it into a noir, hopefully. I hope he brings some of what he did in Looper to it because a slightly dark and twisted Star Wars is quite an appealing prospect to me. I'm sure it won't be, unfortunately. I don't think anyone's brave enough to do that with a Star Wars film yet. As Rogue One proved in the end, it's still got to be a family-friendly Star Wars film. So until they finally have the balls to do something more with Star Wars, I don't think we'll see that. But I'd like to. Right then, thanks for that. Next time on Film Club, it's Simon's Choice. So over to you, matey. Thanks, G. My choice for the next film club is the 1971 Steven Spielberg film, Duel. It was filmed for television and later a full-length theatrical thriller film. This was Steven Spielberg in his first full-length film directing debut. It stars Dennis Weaver as a terrified motorist stalked on a remote and lonely road by the mostly unseen driver of a mysterious tanker truck. And this Duel of Wits will be our next film club choice. Okay, thanks for that, Simon. Thanks to you, Matthew and Simon, for your expert opinions, and we'll see you soon.